an exceptional person, hey? Pastor Sir Douglas Nicol. And like <clears throat> all the best people, a Lions supporter as well. <laughs> I'm just going to take a little bit of time to, to share a message on theme uh, today, this week, um, inside the church here and outside the church, as you know, has been... Um, has been NAIDOC week, which is a time to do what we've done just briefly this morning, and that's to celebrate um, the rich living cultures and outstanding achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Um, and it's, it's a, a week that is, is growing, um, as you may have heard, established by Pastor Sir Douglas Nichols. Um, it's a week that's growing in significance for our nation. Um, importantly, so we can learn about First Nations culture and our shared histories and consider our response um, to the, the plight, the state, the life of First Nations people in, in this wonderful country that we share. Uh, as I was thinking about this this week... Uh, a story that Jesus told came to mind for me. And if you want to follow along in, um, in your Bible, you can do that. Uh, this story uh, can be found in, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. It says, verse 25, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus responded, how do you read it? And the man answered, the teacher, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. If you do this, you will live. But the man wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus told this story. A man was going down to Jerusalem from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers that stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and they went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him, also he crossed to the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, which is coins, and gave uh, them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. 
Jesus said, which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. I'm sure it's not the first time that you've heard this story. But it occurs to me every time I read this passage that Jesus wants something of us. He wants his hearers to take a message away from this story. The first thing that I think Jesus calls us to in this story is people who might listen to him, people who might identify with him. Generally, and I think in a particular way as Australians this NADOC week, is it's a call to see the pain that people are in. Jesus wants us, if we are his people, to engage with people's pain. In the story, a man was robbed and beaten and left by the side of the road. And the first person who comes by was a priest, a religious person. Perhaps the priest was busy on his way to serve in the temple. Maybe he was a bit queasy at the sight of an injured man. Maybe there was some religious reasons why he didn't want to get involved. We don't know exactly why, but he turned his head and he crossed the street and he avoided the man who needed his help. A Levite, a temple helper, comes along next and he also ignores the man. Finally, as we've read, a Samaritan comes along. He does not walk away from the wounded man. He turns his attention to the man and his pain. It's clear, isn't it, when we read this story, that Jesus is calling people to be like the Samaritan, the Samaritan man who has turned his eyes to the needs of another. He wants us to turn our eyes to people's pain. In the 70s, some researching psychologists wanted to look at what it was that stops human beings from helping other human beings who are in obvious need. And they were perhaps a little provocative, a little bit cheeky in the way that they set up their research and the experiment uh, that was going to give them some insight into this situation by establishing... uh, the operation that they were going to do on the grounds of a Bible college. Um, They took a group of trainee ministers and they asked them to prepare a sermon on the passage that we've just read. Um, They also took another group of trainee ministers and they said, actually, you can prepare a sermon on whatever you like. (laughs) So there's two groups of trainee ministers at this Bible college One group has to prepare a message on the Good Samaritan and one on whatever they want. Anyway, as a part of this experiment, they had these training ministers walk through a certain part of the campus to the room where they were going to present their little sermonettes and they planted an actor along the way who was... um, injured and lying on the side of the path on the grounds of the Bible College. 
some of the students in both groups were told that they were running slightly late. Others um, were told that they had plenty of time. On the way to the presentation, each student passing the actor who was slumped next to the footpath with their head down, eyes closed, coughing and groaning, um, had an opportunity <laughs> to interact with this person. Now, the results, I don't know if they should surprise us or not, indicated <laughs> that what the uh, students were preparing their sermon on made no difference to whether they stopped and helped this person. Whether they were preparing a message on the Good Samaritan or not, the same results in terms of not stopping, generally not stopping to help the person. What they found was most instructive with regards to whether the students stopped to help the man in trouble or not was how much time they had. <laughs> so the ones who thought they were in a hurry, even if they'd been drenching themselves in this story, <laughs> breezed on past the man, some of the ones who had a bit more time stopped. If we are to really understand this story though, don't we hear Jesus calling us to slow down and turn our eyes to those who are hurting. We've been blessed this morning to, 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 to encounter, you know, First Nations people in our nation who are leading lights. Pastor Sir Douglas Nichols, our two wonderful aunties, leaders in um, all areas of um, society and economics. Um, people that we can learn something from. People who we can admire and look up to. Um, if we sort of zoom out, though, the picture for First Nations people, as many of them as are doing amazing things, as many of them as we can admire, as many of them as we might seek to emulate, the zoomed out picture, in terms of statistics even, is, is, a, is a story of hurt. <laughs> I've got two pages here of just picking the eyes out of statistics um, that, that, that shake me, actually, every time I come into contact with the sort of statistics that might tell some sort of story about the hurt of First Nations people in this country. First Nations men and women, on average, can expect to live a decade shorter than the rest of us. First Nations children nearly two times more likely to experience malnutrition. First Nations women twice as likely to have um, mortality issues in childbirth. Just under half of First Nations people um, experience disabilities of some sort compared to 18% of the general population. I could go on. Suicide rates, incarceration, psychological distress. There is a story of hurt <laughs> in our midst. And the challenge for us 
this morning. The challenge as we come to this story that Jesus tells is the question, have we turned our eyes to the experience of First Nations people, truly. It's difficult to do. I, I have the privilege in my work of um, getting to work with uh, First Nations leaders and elders, um, educating students um, as a part of our movement on, on ministering to First Nations people, and, and it's always confronting, <laughs> as necessary as it is, to deal with the hurt of people of goodwill, gracious people, people who are, who are leading communities, who are loving people, who are doing good work. But I think Christ would call us to slow down and hear the stories of First Nations people, to listen to what's going on, to look at the statistics, to build relationships I want to challenge us as a community again this NAIDOC week to slow down and listen. Maybe that might mean watching a film, reading a book, attending a NAIDOC week event, sharing a meal with an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander friend. One thing is clear, I think, from this story that Jesus tells. We cannot look away The second point, so the first one there, to listen, to see the pain that many of our brothers and sisters are going through. The second point that I think this story calls us to is that we are to show compassion. What was the difference between the two men who passed by and the Samaritan man that stopped? It says in verse 33 of this chapter that it was compassion, the Greek word used for compassion here is a vivid one and it's one that refers sort of if you look at the roots of the word to the intestines or to the stomach to it's sort of a way of saying a strong gut feeling a feeling that comes from the very deepest part of who we are almost every time that the new testament uses this word it refers to the love of god it's a feeling of deep care that insists on action. We can define compassion as a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate their suffering. I wonder if you can think of a time when you were moved to compassion. One of the best things I do as a pastor in this community, in this neighbourhood, is I'm a part of couple of the local community Facebook groups and it's an amazing insight into what's going on and you know I'm constantly humbled by how many people in the community are actually doing pastoral work out into the community whether they have a faith in Jesus or not. We are really blessed to live in Australia in a country where people do care about their fellow human beings and they get um, you know they get on with the business of helping one another. There was a story just recently where a woman said she walked past a car and she um, saw a young woman get into the car just down here in Alderley. And as the woman got into the car, she heard uh, a flood of abuse from a man in the car um, towards this young woman. And um, she said, you know, I, 
I saw you. I don't know who you are, what your name is, but I just wanted you to know that the way that that man was treating you was not okay and that constitutes domestic violence and um, you should reach out for some help. And so many people responded <laughs> to that post, moved at the, at, the, at the condition that this young woman was in, a condition of, of abuse. And um, I've observed that we as human beings are, are moved to compassion very often. Sadly, challengingly, there are strong statistics to indicate <laughs> that that can be mediated to a degree depending on who that person is. There was some uh, research that came out of uh, ANU, Sydney University and Harvard University group projects just two years ago where they found that um, just random samples of Australians who were asked to associate human qualities and characteristics, positive and negative, with images of Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, to 75% of people had negative associations with First Nations people in this country. We sing a song here sometimes, Hosanna, and there's a word in it, a line in it that talks about breaking our heart for what breaks God's. Break my heart for what breaks yours, we sing. I can't help but think that when God looks at his children, First Nations, men and women, made in his image... <laughs> how his heart must break at the knowledge of the fact that other children <laughs> who aren't First Nations don't see that same level of value so often. Which leads me, I think, to the third thing which this passage calls us to, and it calls us to confront the possibility of prejudice and bias in our own hearts and minds. In our cultural context, the word Samaritan actually has positive connotations because of the passage that we've looked at very briefly this morning. We might think of a headline such as, A Good Samaritan Saves a Child from a Burning Building. You might think of the charity Samaritan's Purse, but you might also know that when Jesus first told this story, his audience would have felt differently about the word because it was the fact that Jews hated Samaritans. By making the Samaritan the hero of this story, Jesus highlights for his listeners an unacceptable bias which might be in their hearts and minds. God creates all people in his image, the scripture tells us. Biased and prejudiced views about others are harmful and contrary to how he wants us to think and live. You know, one of the things I've learnt about my own heart is I'm very often not even aware of the biases that live within. We heard a little bit from the video uh, telling the story of Pastor Sir Douglas Nichols' life of some of the trauma of government policies and interventions into the lives of First Nations people. Disruption to culture, families, 
split apart. God calls us to love one another for who we are, embracing and celebrating the beauty of the diversity of humanity. He calls us to see the value in each person, to learn humbly from one another and to show deep respect for one another. I think we should, like the psalmist says in Psalm 139, pray to God, search us, O Lord, that we would know our hearts, point us to anything that might offend you. We need to pray that we would really work to see all people as God sees them. The fourth thing that I think this passage calls us to, and the final one, and we're going to end with communion and just a little bit of worship soon. The Samaritan, it, the, so the fourth thing is that we need to act. The Samaritan saw that a stranger had been treated cruelly and he saw the resulting need. He responded with deep compassion, but he didn't stop. He acted. His response was practical. God calls for us to respond to needs with practical actions. James 2, 14 26 says what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can such faith save them suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food if one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs what good is it in the same way faith by itself if not accompanied by action is dead Proverbs 31, 8-9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. The theme for this year's NAIDOC, as we've heard, is get up, stand up, show up. Moses roamed the desert, minding his own business and his sheep. When God called him, your people are being bullied and harassed. You have the tools to help Get up, show up, stand up. You might know the story of Esther involved in the politics of her time, trying to appease the king when God called her. Your people are being persecuted and you are in a position of influence. Get up, show up, stand up. Matthew was collecting taxes and Peter was fishing when Jesus called them. Your people are lost and confused, God said to them. Jesus said to them, you've been shown the way. Get up, show up, stand up. Could I have the band on stage, please, guys? Uh, Great evangelical pastor and leader, John Stott, wrote a book called Who Is My Neighbour? And he expands on what is meant in Acts 10.38 when Jesus says... um, when it says that Jesus went about doing good, John Stott says, Jesus went about doing good. This is a beautiful description. Jesus never did harm to anyone. On the contrary, to everybody and in every circumstance, he did a positive good. He was not afraid to look the human needs of his time in the face. And what he saw when he encountered people invariably moved him to compassion. And so to compassionate service of them. He saw, he felt, he acted. Doing good 
must be the genuine expression of our love. Love that is not sloppy or selfish sentimentality, but rather that sacrifices ourselves to serve others constructively. Thanks, John Stott. So where are we today, I wonder? How is God calling us on this Sunday of NAIDOC week 2022 generally to enact this teaching, but maybe specifically when it comes to the plight of our very precious brothers and sisters, First Nations people, this wonderful country, Australia. How is God calling us to get up, to show up and to stand up? Could we stand? I want to pray for us. And um, we'll, we'll finish, finish with a little worship. God, I, I think about the words of Colossians where you talk about how it was pleasing for you to dwell in Christ Jesus so that you might reconcile all things to yourself. Thank you that reconciliation is the baseline of the work that you're doing. Lord, help us to be a people who can be a part of that work. Lord, help us to listen, I pray, to our brothers and sisters. Fill us with your compassion, your humility. Shine your light into our hearts. Lord, I think we would all dream of a day where not just like um, Pastor Sir Doug Nichols talks about, you know, the harmony of black and white playing together, that that's not just a social reality or an economic reality, but that's a deeply spiritual reality. Lord, a reconciled people in this wonderful country. Help us, we pray.